Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present, on History.org. This is Behind the Scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. Today I'm talking with Robert Brantley, who is a journeyman in the historic foodways department at Colonial Williamsburg. If we look ahead to Thanksgiving this Thursday, it's also a good time to look back on how our 18th century founders celebrated the holiday season with food. And if I've got this right, Thanksgiving wasn't much of a big deal in the 18th century. Not from my understanding, it was not. Um, uh, Thanksgiving could you know, happen really at any time of the year, but if you had any sort of a, a gathering as such, uh, uh, you definitely are going to have, being Virgi- here in Virginia, Virginians like their food. I mean, it was, it's an over, you know, that's one thing about the Chesapeake. You don't hear a lot about, you know, famines as such. So, so it, it, exactly. <laughs> After uh, Jamestown, no, there were Exactly. You, you can't go anywhere but up from that point on. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very uh, festive time. Uh, uh, definitely food is going to be you know, play a big part of that, uh, people gathering, um, socializing, which uh, seems to be that a lot of the uh, uh, elites in Virginia, you know, your Peyton Randolph, your George Wiss, uh, uh, dining and entertaining is pretty much one and the same word to them mm-hmm. in that case. Now, it's, I've heard different things about Christmas, but they said Christmas was more a food holiday than Thanksgiving was a food holiday because we hadn't yet developed the lush gift giving. So it was kind of a feast day. That sounds that you, you're, you're definitely on target on that case. So, yeah. So, yeah, the Christmas Day itself was a almost a subdued holiday. It's uh, it's a day that you, you go to church. Uh, you may sing some uh, more uh, not really more secular uh, Christmas carols, uh, the uh, things like Joy to the World, you know, All Come Ye Merry Men. You might see that in church, the uh, church decked out in some sort of greenery, and then you see a lot of diary entries of just going to church, uh, having so-and-so over, and then having dinner. It's December 26th all the way up to January 6th. That's when Virginians really pulled out the stops. That's when you see Twelfth Night parties happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a downtime for these folks. Uh, you know, your crops are already been harvested. Uh, uh, the, you know, here in Williamsburg, the college is, you know, is, you know, out for, you know, the season. So there is a, a lot of downtime that these folks can really, you know, have, you know, you know, a good time and have family over and, you know, friends and socialize. Not much downtime at Thanksgiving time, though. You're still, college is still in session, isn't it? Or am I completely no, wrong? No, you're, you're absolutely right. When it comes to Thanksgiving, you're, you're absolutely right it's in just, that case. But as far as the date that we associate with that, of course, that date of Thanksgiving is much, much later in time. I believe it's uh, during the Roosevelt administration that you see that date that we think of. But then I think it goes back to the Lincoln administration that you start to see the Thanksgiving of all that we think of mm-hmm. today, that process. But, but you're Thanksgiving, right. yeah. uh, as we think of it, mm-hmm. We think it dates from the pilgrims, when the pilgrims had their feast with the oh, Indians. Yeah, I see there. where you're going, yeah. Uh, and it's just, we didn't have that. So there was no uh, secular reason, as it were, yeah. to have a feast that day. Yeah. Although it's always nice to have a feast. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's giving thanks. Uh, you know, you know, we may have had a, uh, you know, a successful member, you know, uh, brought into your family, you know, you, or... Uh, uh, or, you know, you had a good crop that season. There's some reason that you want to give thanks. So, yeah, there is some religious ties to that, you know, the yeah, early, but, not, but it's not, it hasn't become the secular national holiday. You're, you're absolutely right. 
Well, the secular national holiday, as far as Virginia is concerned, uh, I have been told, came when John Fitzgerald Kennedy recognized Virginia's Thanksgiving and <laughs> Berkeley's 100 or something like that. Uh, yeah, Berkeley Plantation, yeah, 1619, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, I... <laughs> I can't argue with you, so I'll just take it as yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That, well, there, there's been other. Uh, we, we as Virginians, we claim that we had the first Thanksgiving uh, long before the Pilgrims ever did. But then you get others down in the, uh, you know, Texas and Florida with the Spanish and claim say, oh no, no, we were, you know, had our day of Thanksgiving long before, you know, the English ever arrived. So yeah, so that's that's the big debate. You know, who had the first, you know, Thanksgiving? 18th century. What were the dishes? It wasn't cranberry sauce out of the can. No, it was not. Uh, amongst, there really aren't any dishes associated as such. Um, really, if you're a Virginian, you're, at that dinner table, you're going to have multiple different, multiple dishes. You might have a roasted, you possibly might have a roasted turkey, you might have a roasted goose, you might have uh, a piece of roasted beef. It might be rockfish. Sometimes you see uh, oysters, rockfish, uh, other seafood. And with um, uh, you know sweets uh, that we would consider as desserts, let's say like maybe an apple pie or some sort of fruit pie might be on the table. A baked custard, such as we think of a sweet potato or pumpkin pie, we would see uh, you know uh, nuts covered in sugar or sweet meats, which is really anything that's been preserved in sugar. Mm -hmm. So you might have like marzipan there. You might have uh, jellies, but we might think of jello as well. How about venison? I just thought of that. Depends upon where you're at. If you're here in this part of Williamsburg, if you're in any area that has been heavily settled since 1607 and looking at zoo archaeology, we don't see a whole lot of venison in the Williamsburg area or even Yorktown because this area has been pretty much hunted out. It's been very settled. And there is the uh, attitude that once you become settled, you start going to something that you can raise on your own, something that you know is there. That's a little bit more dependable. And, and, and that really is a trend in America as we begin to move westward. As soon as we put our roots down, elk, moose, or buffaloes, great when you get it. But uh, I know where my cows, my pigs, and my sheep are at. Mm -hmm. So we don't see a whole lot of venison as such. You see it being playing a part of one's diet in, in the Chesapeake. But really, uh, looking at the uh, trash pits here in Tywater, Virginia, uh, it's really beef. Mm. Beef is what we're coming up with as far as a number, as far as, you know, how remains. About, how then, about lamb? Lamb's third. Oh, really? As far as okay. if you're looking at numbers. Yeah. Uh, and then pork is right behind beef. Goose was still big, you said. Very much so, yeah. That, that is something we do see um, is with Christmas time. We do see that kind of turning up, that uh, a goose on Christmas Day. We do see references to that turning up as well. well. Isn't goose an English dish or a British dish? It is one of those things that is brought over from Britain to here, you bet. It is definitely one of those things that we associate with being British, especially going back to the Dickens novels, you know, in that case. I so think that's probably where I remember it from. Probably so, yeah. yeah. Uh, are the methods of preparation more or less the same as that, that we would recognize now? I would say yes and no, because a lot of it's one thing that most most of us in modern day America, we don't have to deal with necessarily is the the 
the actual prepping of that piece of meat or vegetable because yeah. when we get that thanksgiving turkey the you know the hardest chore for us is to remember to pull it out maybe three four days to let it thaw <laughs> in the 18th century if i'm here in williamsburg i'm going to walk down to the market which is where the courthouse and the powder magazine and i'm going to be looking at live poultry uh-huh. so i have to physically take this live bird back maybe in a basket or secure it somehow get it back to uh, that property and then you've got to dispatch it you've got to kill it you've got to plug it you've got to got to so you got to go through that process which i think most americans just you know they never experienced that and, and you start, wouldn't do and wouldn't do the the bird just became the family pet as i like to say in the kitchen because some yes. people just you know it's not part of the culture um you know your fruits and vegetables might still have the dirt still hanging off of it so they aren't nicely washed and arranged like we're going to see it today but as far as cooking techniques uh certainly um most Americans, when they cook that either goose or turkey, it's in an oven, but we call it roasting. An 18th century person, if you told them that you were roasting uh, the turkey, they would automatically assume it was in front of the fire, on a spit in front of that fire. That is roasting to an 18th century individual, not what we do in an oven. We carry the term over, but not the actual process. We kind of have lost that unless you have one of these countertop rotisseries that you see, you know, you know, with the infomercials that you see out today. So I guess the, the only place you see a spit now, or the only place I've seen a spit now, is on a grill. Exactly, absolutely. You see those nice little, you know, spits off to the side, or maybe your uh, local grocery store chain in their deli section, they may have these, you know, large ones with all the chickens, you know, turning about with, a, you know, some sort of heat source in there. That is truly a roasted piece of meat, you know. Uh, something else just occurred to me. If you take the goose home, the goose is alive now. Exactly. Squawking at you. How long would it take you to prepare a dinner? Now, dinner dinner in those days is, is earlier than it is yeah, now. You're right? absolutely right. It's in the afternoon. Generally, you see anywhere maybe 2 to 3 o'clock. Uh, that experience cook, that, you know, well, I'm, since I'm working at the Randolph project, Mrs. Randolph and her slave cook, Betty, they know how much work it takes as far as prep time, and they may have a target time when they want that first course at the dinner table. So if they you know, have family and friends coming in respecting dinner at 2, then they know that they have this amount of time to get everything done. They know how long something's going to take. Uh, some things they may wait to the last minute. Some things they may get on very early. And through their years of experience, they can time and pull off this dinner at that prescribed time. I've always been fascinated by we, that, how good chefs can make everything show up on the table at the same moment. I can't do that to save my life. It's it, for, for a lot of us, it just seems so... You know, when something like that happens, it's, oh, it must have been so easy. Oh, they, you know, it's just, you know, magic when all this food on time starts coming out. But uh, one of my colleagues who uh, was a chef for 20 years, she said, there is controlled chaos going on in the kitchen. So so I'm sure Mrs. Randolph uh, and Mr. Randolph, uh, you know, everything comes off very orderly on time. But there was probably a lot of chaos, a lot of tempers flaring to, you know, hurry up, get things prepped and ready to go, e- even back then. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear.